Just put me on Pornhub. I want to bring my audience one step closer to Gianna Michaels. <laughs> well, I can't say I'm massively enthusiastic about that idea, but uh, <laughs> I just feel like... Hey, up, and welcome to the Temple of the Podcast, episode 24. Um, yeah, 24. You all right, Chub? I'm all right, thank you. Thanks for having me. You're quite welcome. You're quite welcome. I finished my, um, I don't know if I sent you any pictures, I finished my squat rack. Oh, no, you haven't actually. So, uh, yeah, I look forward to seeing that. I've got the cover up. Um, and I put like the two giant fen- fence posts up because the thing that was stopping me from using it regularly because just the weather was so fucking shit recently. Mm. Um, so now I was like, right, got to get this cover up, got to make it work, blah, 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 blah. And now it's like, it's, it's kind of wonky and a bit shit and it's like pretty ghetto, but it's like, it works. Yeah, with stuff like gym, uh, gym equipment, you just want it to function, don't you really? Um, and not be too dangerous, basically. Yeah, yeah, my safety bars are shit. I need to like reinforce them. And the ground isn't completely even. Um, mm. but it's you know, it's not exactly the end of the world. But I'm chuffed yeah. as fuck. Yeah, yeah. Send me some pictures. I'll be interested to see. So you've sealed the wood then? Not yet. I've been told I have to wait a few months first and then seal the wood. I think is the idea mm. is because it'll warp. It needs, it'll warp and you don't want it to warp at, before you you don't want it yeah. to warp after you've got the, the stain on. You want it to warp and then put the stain on. Well, yeah. I mean, I think you can you could always reapply the stain and you know the sealant anyway. Even if it's warped, it's not like a big deal. I mean, it's not because like, it's not you know fucking patio furniture or whatever. It doesn't really matter if it warps and you get a few um, unsightly seams to it. But um, I don't know. I'm not a wood expert, but you know, I do <laughs> I do dabble in the in the older woodworking <laughs> hobbyist world of now and then. Yeah, fair. Well, yeah, it, it's functional and it cost me less than, say, what I'm going to say, it must be cost me about 150 odd quid at max to get everything well, going, except for the barbell and the weights, obviously. I'd say at least. I mean, my mate was talking about a rowing machine, buying a rowing machine. I'm like, oh, yeah, that sounds good. Yeah, they're pretty good rowing machines. Get a lot of uh, different work and a lot of muscles and stuff. I was thinking, uh, you know, price wise, 200 pounds or something. Yeah, because he didn't have any, he didn't own any of the, you know exercise equipment so um it's sort of and he does exercise but you know it's sort of entry level in terms of buying equipment and like, oh yeah so how much will that be and he's like well uh the decent one that you know everyone uses is about 900 quid and I'm, fuck oh, 900 fucking quid like jesus thinking like 150 or something it's like the normal one is um in fact i'm gonna fucking google it because it, it's like there's a standard one yeah i think that's what he was talking about that's seemed to be what he was talking about Oh, I can't fucking find the name, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Um, well, I, could, I could find it if you really wanted me to. I could. Um, I'm not I, I mean, that's, that, that's the kind too, of that's it. concept. It's called. Uh-huh. That's the kind of thing you could, if well, it would take a lot of work and pretty decent woodworking skills, but you could build a rowing machine as well. It's, I mean, it's not the biggest deal. You can get cheap ones. Like there's ones on Argos that are like 150 quid, which are like magnetic ones that fold up. Right. That are meant to be quite good. Like a lot of them are sold out because of lockdown and stuff. But, um, but yeah, hmm. uh, yeah. Concept two, about nine hundred for concept two is what he's, which is the gold standard in his words for our machines. But I don't know why he's looking for the gold standard anyway. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm hopefully going to be doing up the garden at some point in the next few years. So I've built my gym on the premise that I'm going to take a sledgehammer to it in the next couple of years anyway. Hmm. So fair dues, fair dues. I mean, you only need you only need heavy stuff, really, if you want to. If you're really determined to work out, just, you just need heavy stuff. Yep, yep. Not worried, not worried at all. Should we talk about some shitty news? Uh well, yeah. I don't know how you're gonna successfully stretch this out to even five minutes, to be honest, because I've I've uh, skimmed through it today, and I think it basically extends to ACDC have uh, got a deal with some jewelry company and. Um, Metallica are releasing some snowboards. I don't you think know, you could... that, uh, <laughs> Dave, that the new Megadeth album will include a cover song. <laughs> <laughs> well, I missed that one. Oh, I missed no. that one. Oh, I God. Add that to the list of completely mundane fucking news titles. You couldn't you couldn't make up more mundane news if you tried, could you to be honest? But I've got one kind of minor one. It kind of speaks to our history a bit. M Shadows on the new Avenged Sevenfold album. We have pretty much 70% of the record done. Have you been following Avenged Sevenfold since City of Evil? No, I haven't. 
No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I heard uh, that. I mean, City of Evil came out before Hail to Hail to the King, right? Correct. City of yeah. Evil was like that breakout one. Yeah, that. I mean, that is. I mean, even that album, I didn't listen to it from start to finish. Just, um, you know, that was when I was sort of at my peak of acoustic covers on YouTube and I'd get recommended a lot of stuff and people would be like, oh, I'll cover this song by Avenged Sevenfold. And that's really the only reason why I ever exposed myself to Avenged Sevenfold. Um, not that I'm saying they're really bad and, you know, exposure is fucking radioactive levels of uh, dangerous, but it was, uh, I don't know. I, I, I've never yeah, liked singing. Flashback. Yeah, yeah, I've got a flashback from when you did you did a, a singing cover and it wasn't like a bad singing or anything like that. But I think someone must have made fun of you or something. So you immediately re-uploaded it as just a guitar <laughs> cover, but really leaned into the bullying because you just posted pictures of yourself straining to sing Sidewinder. It was pretty, I think you took it quite well in your stride, to be quite honest, for a, a 16-year-old. Uh, yeah, I mean, I got pretty butthurt about, I, mean, I still get butthurt about comments now even, but I just don't like really reply to them. You know, like people who will get, get really nitpicky about, say like I've, um, figured out an entire song just memorized it no one else has covered it on youtube you know mm. and it's not not a simple song and, stuff. and then people get nitpicky about oh you should be sliding into those notes instead of hammering on <laughs> and stuff like that and it's like fuck, fuck off you can fucking figure it out and cover it cover it hey, hey, the, the um roadrunner history of roadrunner records chapter one has been up for four days i've already got one down vote oh god I, I, uh, by, by comparison, the, the, the great cat video has zero. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's case. So, so, so it wasn't, it wasn't great cat then. We know that much. Oh uh, God, who knows? Well, she would have definitely downvoted her own video. So she's just obviously not following. The, <laughs> well, the keep, keeping to the trend of self-sabotage. She wouldn't downvote my video. She'd downvote <laughs> her own. <laughs> I think she'd just downvote all of them in uh, spite from what you tell me. She'd go, wake up. Um, so yeah we were talking about being sevenfold and being that yeah. I, I heard i heard I, I fucking heard hail to the king on like like the one and only time i ever listened to rock radio or something mm. i was like that was a mistake like <laughs> it was i think their shtick and i must admit like i didn't i think i fell off around 2010 um mm. And getting when I sort of like skirt them, I think there's a trend of the try and do something different or the trying to deploy a rule or something every album. Right. And I remember that on that Hail to the King record, it was something like the riffs couldn't be done on two guitars. Like they had to be like they had to be doubled up, but like no twin harmonies or like polyphonic riffs. Yeah. It had to be like fairly straight down the line single guitar riffs and that's what drove most of the song so it's rules like that they say i could be chatting shit but i think i'm around the right ballpark so i'm just interested just because this is the first album i've done for like five years so i mean i get up it's sort of out, out of character considering what i know of uh city of whatever the city of evil because that was very much like dual guitar harmonies um like to the point of being kind of obnoxious in fact and i like dual guitar harmonies uh so, yeah, I mean, I guess I could see why they might try and go the other way. Um, but it does sound a bit arbitrary to make rules like that, especially in like something like music. Um, mm. I was going to ask you, actually, what genre you consider trivium? These days? Uh, I, know they, in, I know they have changed this. Well, back in the day, let's start with back in the day. I think what back in the day, I remember seeing an advert for the moon. Um, I think it was like on Kerrang, it's like thrash metal titans, trivium. It's like, right, that doesn't stack up. And then mm. the word metalcore got thrown around. And mm. now I've seen to rest it on a new wave of American heavy metal. That's where that's where I've kind of rested my laurels on it now. So you, the, your big, like Event Sunfall, I'd consider in that group, Lamb of God, Killswitch, all those bands that came out around that era that kind of adopted similar kind of... Tra- I guess Lama God's the exception, but the, you catch my drift. Because the term mm. metalcore has now moved on and it's meaning something else. Yeah. Thrash metal is definitely something else. I feel they... I, I'm happy calling them New Wave of American Heavy Metal and I think they've that's something they can stick with even today. Yeah, that, I mean, that's what I considered them even back in the day, just to my feeble juvenile brain. Like, because... I think it's really the the metalcore label on Trivium has always been kind of 
weird and out of place. Um, mm-hmm. Even though I can see, if it didn't have any singing, you just listen to the instrumentals, you'd be like, oh yeah, this is metalcore all day. But I don't know, like the demographic they appeal to does seem to be more in the wave of like those classic metal fans who are looking mm-hmm. for, like, as you say, a new wave of American heavy metal, like where guitars were taken, you know, at the forefront again, like technical guitar work, because there'd been like a full decade of fucking new metal with, yep. you know, just... That was the appeal, like, wasn't dickhead it? Front, yeah. Yeah, Return of the Riff, wasn't it, in that era? Yeah. But that's that's also why, in a way, like why it's not necessarily metalcore to me, like Trivium. Um, I think like Avenged Sevenfold sort of, appeal to a similar demographic but then they've they've also got and well back in the day they had a sort of emo demographic as well but i i don't know if that's what they were trying to appeal to Mm. i don't know Um, i I don't know about that um yeah definitely on waking the fall in less city of evil city of evil they lean straight into like this is like a hard rock sort of aesthetic mm. but waking the fallen has a lot more sort of scream call dna riding through it yeah, it's just, it's just that, well, again, like the guitar harmonies and all the lead and stuff. And, I mean, that fucking iconic, I can't remember which video. Was it, is it no, it's not Sidewinder? Seize the Day, I think, where he comes out of the ground on the playing the guitar solo, like bloody Slash style. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, that, I mean, that's a, you know, callback to like sort of that power metal, almost glam metal, heavy metal, mm. all, those, all the days of like, you know, glory days of metal where the guitar like the guitar, stuff. Yeah. yeah um which is again why like the metalcore t- well because you see trivium like getting thrown around in metalcore forums i just mm-hmm. found it like weird and i've just i was just that's why i was just curious about i just got reminded about your opinion on the what genre they fit into i think trivium are a different like if if we're talking about their presence on like in on a community level trivium are a different beast just because mm-hmm. The, twi- the Twitch thing has, has sort of um, propelled their entire profile into a completely different medium. They're not a band which you're exposed to on a cycle anymore. They've unlocked like a different customer out of like us as fans because you can buy an album and go to a show or you can subscribe to all of them on Twitch and give them an extra fucking $400 a year. It's it's a totally different thing. And, and their entire incentive structure around what they need to put out in the world now has to respond to that new dynamic. And that's why you see him everywhere. Like Matt, if he's put out another, I think it is done in waves, which is their album from 10 years ago, but he's been doing like acoustic EPs hmm. where he's just doing, you know, old Trivium songs just on this Todd because he can well, do that now. I think that's off the back of them having a lot of popularity beforehand. Yeah. Um, I don't know because like periphery trying to seem to try and play around with the idea of, having a big social media presence and, and like being on Twitch and streaming, but it never becomes like a regular thing. I don't know if that's because they, they you know, feel unmotivated by a lack of popularity, perhaps, but, um, you know, bands like Herman Lee and, and, you know, Matt Heafy obviously just had that fan base to like rely on to be able to do that. Maybe other bands I think don't. So. And it's like Herman Lee is like an ambassador for the instrument and he always has been. So he's always had a different angle. I think Matt Heafy was like, the engagement level was his angle, whereas periphery, I'm not too sure. I'm to be, I'm still relatively unfamiliar with their shtick. I'm guessing they're a lot more their Twitch sort of presence is a lot more production based, and they're kind of like rather full on. And I'm not going to use the word OCD, but yeah, they're quite detail oriented. Maybe it's yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's very much what like Nisha focuses on. He opens all his. Um all the stems up or like the project files of, you know, songs he's uh, produced from the last album and previous albums and like isolates tracks of things. And people mm-hmm. are just like, Oh, play this one like G five note that uh, Spencer manages on one of the songs. And then he isolates that track and, and plays it and things like that. And um, it's pretty interesting from that perspective, actually, to be fair um, from what I've seen of other um, guitar streamers it is, you know, it's something different, but uh yeah, I think it's quite, it is very heavily focused to people who are just like massive sort of periphery nerds. Mm. Whereas I guess there's a larger appeal with people like Herman Lee. Um, but I don't know. I don't know. It's, uh, it's a weird one. Uh, it is sure. a weird one. It's an emerging part of the scene as well. 
Yeah, I, I mean, I don't really see the appeal because it's it's to me it's like it's interesting a couple of times, but I don't see how it, that's always been like my problem with Twitch in general because like um, I can see the appeal of watching pe- people play games because some games are like kind of interesting to watch, mm. like the certain narrative. But how you can like sit down and watch it every night on a consistent basis and, and like be subscribing to it is sort of a foreign idea to me. I find I struggle with it sometimes, but I think this is what I really enjoy about it, right? So, like, in the last 10 years, we've had this weird oversaturation in the streaming world, right? We've had YouTube. It was kind of a bit of a wild west in terms of where music could be hosted because the I think there was, like, some drama over where certain labels were based influenced exactly what kind of songs they could have on YouTube and therefore that impacted subsidiaries. What I'm trying to say is there wasn't a lot of like independent presence on YouTube from majors and from um, indie labels themselves. So it was all a bit weird, right? And then you Mm -hmm. got Spotify, which just has everything. Whereas now YouTube have fixed it a little bit more. So the labels can now create their own little walled gardens Right, So if you subscribe to a certain label, you're going to get their content and their sort of brand, which you didn't have before. And a similar thing happens in the tr- in the streaming world. Um, and sometimes it works. I mean, I usually watch my EV stream just in the background while I'm working because I've got two screens. Why the fuck not? Mm. Or if I'm doing like some research for the road or anything, I will put it into like a little quarter of one screen, have like my emails in the bottom right corner, have the other half. It's like pretty, you know, it's, it's just fun stuff. But at the same time, when I'm, when I'm trying to tether myself to like an outlet which is relevant and works for me and kind of cuts through the oversaturation, I go to Herman Lee because, as I say, he's an ambassador for the instrument, so his content tends to be kind of more less procedural and more, oh, I'm interviewing this guitar maker. Oh, we're going ex- to try and experiment with this particular Floyd Rose today. And it kind of just works a little bit better for me, whereas a lot of the other times, a lot of the other creators and the other Twitch streamers tend to be kind of cultish here's your here's your streamer here are your moderators and here are your key characters and everything revolves around them and there's no yeah. other sort of dialogue it's all around this little club yeah i agree with that it is a bit like of a, a big club like members only club like and i think that appeals to a lot of people but it doesn't really appeal to me personally um rightly which is why i never really got into it um but maybe i do i need two screens maybe that's my problem <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah but i mean like for me it's reminiscent of like working in live sound because you'd, you'd spend fucking ages working on with a band on this on the particular vision for the show um but when it comes to talking brass tacks it's like oh no this is a special club for shit musicians and we can't really have a dialogue with you and it's kind of really it's a really weird social dynamic and i see a lot of that on twitch kind of special little club stuff yeah yeah anyway agree with that. Do you yeah, have, well, you, what was your news you had two newses what the well they were like almost throwaway articles but they were the top headlines of the day so that was just like um that Metall- i think it was metallica that were releasing new snowboards i don't know i guess releasing jewelry it's so fucking dull it's yeah. so dull I've got X Hordera working on an amazing new album, which won't be relevant to you, but it will be to me because I interviewed Kyle Thomas as part of the singer for part of the Roadrunner thing. And mm-hmm. their story is quite interesting. And their new album with Nuclear Blast, their like reunion album is really fucking good. That's like a really interesting sort of thrashy sound. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's pretty fucking rad. But um, no, nothing's happening. Nothing's happening. There's a lot of Ramstein, I think, working on a new album, a recorded new album during I don't, lockdown. I'm not that bothered by Ramstein anymore. I think it was a really good and novel in the early 2000s, but I can't. I think they're one of those bands which, like, they they broke, found their niche, found their audience, and stuck with that audience. And I wasn't part of that. No, well, I wasn't either. To be fair, that's definitely not mm. my brand of music. But um, yeah, it's obviously cancelled. Oh yeah, I heard about that. Um, I mean, uh, Slam Dunk has been. Have you ever had any exposure to Slam Dunk? I've, I've nearly gone a few times in the last couple of years, but I've always had a gig on like um, down south or something and never been able to make it. Right, yeah. I mean, I've I've been invited by Stuart, our mutual friend, a few times. He's gone because it's like city, city centre in it in Leeds. Um, so it's kind Not of anymore. A... It's Temple Newsom now. Right. Well, it was usually that's what that's the one he's attended. So I've been invited, but I I can't. I don't need that much exposure. Like an, an entire day of you know varying bands 
bands I like to varying degrees. You know what I mean? I'd rather like just see the band I like. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I mean, yeah, I don't mind seeing bands that I'm not familiar with. And like <laughs> the band that I like is sort of, you know, promoting them as putting yeah. as, as, a, as a but bands that I know of and I, and I know I don't like is kind of redundant to me. I think I, <clears throat> my best festival experience is one where I've, I've liked a few bands and there's a mm-hmm. bunch of shit I don't know. But I've also like allocated myself enough money to just go and have a good time. So I don't yeah. have to work. Because like when I was a, a lot younger and went to festivals, I was like proper counting the pennies and trying mm-hmm. to just make it work throughout the day. Whereas like the last few times, I've just been like, ah, fuck it. Put my keys, my phone and my wallet or something in, in the locker. And so all I've got is my health. <laughs> I just sort of wander around, get shit faced and see some bands. It's a lot, much more, much more of an enjoyable experience. Yeah, just uh, just too old for it now. It's like... Um... We, Stuart and I used to go to these uh, screamo, post-hardcore, metalcore uh, concerts in you know over the past decade, and uh, we'd see like guys who looked totally out of place, like uh, like forty-year-olds in leather jackets, like. But you know, there'd only be a couple of them, so it, they really would look out of place because everyone else would be even younger than us, like mm-hmm. you know, the late teens. Um, and now I feel like me going there, you know, I'm going to be that guy really um and also you know it's not like I'm, I'm super anxious about what other like you know teenagers are thinking about me at the fucking concert hall, but it's more like uh last few concerts have been touched it's, it's too it's kind of like too violent for me really like i'm I'm sort of past that i'm past the point of like getting shit-faced and, and like going in the pit and getting pushed around and stuff like um, no i'm not i'm a knobhead You've seen me. Mm. I dress like an absolute dickhead. And I just wander around, like just proper getting stuck into the pit. Yeah, it's, it's well, Stuart's like that as well, really. Isn't it? So, <laughs> well, other than when, when we tried to make him crowd, you know, like involuntary crowd surf. <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't so into it then. <laughs> hey, I've just looked at that Metallica thing. So they've done a range of things, right? Mm. Uh, and they've got one travel bag which they've decked out to look like a like a roadie's case. Right. But it's 355 quid when like the standard roadie uh, case, which is the, the Pelican 1510, mm-hmm. like the actual like is waterproof and all that stuff. It's like 250 quid. So why yeah, don't you just get that and get a bunch of stickers on it? Boom. That sounds like Metallica. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, it's, they're going to, they're definitely going to sell a lot of them. So why not? You know what yeah. I mean? Um, for them, Branding. it's just another. Another few million in the bank, in it. Another yep. bloody Les Paul Greeny. <laughs> it's another surfboard for Kirk. <laughs> exactly. Oh. Yeah, I mean, the, um, on the topic of the concerts again, when I went to see Barry Tomorrow in Leeds, that was that was bloody horrific. Like the the the, the pits in that. You, I mean, the whole the whole venue was a pit. Like, you know, you couldn't like stand at the side. There's no side. I was like grabbing teenage girls to protect me. Like, <laughs> you, you, you take that swinging arm of that fucking 200 kilogram monster swinging his arms about. <laughs> I'll tell you, the first time I saw Lama God was at Lee's cockpit. And Lee's cockpit, not massive in terms of um, space, but it was. In a, it must have been in a time. I don't like. I don't like retrospectives like this and saying it like this. But it was a time before health and safety. So weren't any barriers up, and there would always be two kids that climbed up the front of house stacks. And there's like no fucking joke. It was about must have been about ten fifteen feet, right? Must have been ten fifteen feet, hmm. and they'd basically both jump out, hit each other in the face over the pit, and just land like a sack of shit. <laughs> and then the moshing would continue, but this would go on like the entire show. It was batshit insane. Even as a kid, I was like, this is in absolutely batshit. <laughs> yeah. Never seen anything like that since. I don't, well, I mean, even even the light, the, the softer sort of pits that they get going is, in terms of health and safety is sort of a, a weird loophole in any health and safety regulations in this country because it's sort of like super dangerous regardless of how well it's, regulated um you know getting a shitload of thousand people thousands of people in a massive crowd and then just making See, the, the way the, the i'd say like the pits themselves are self-regulating right so that mm. that's why they're not a massive problem because whenever whenever anyone goes down everyone stops and helps them up that's just how it sort of works mm. the the bit that's not 
the bit that's the problem is the crush at the front at the start of the show. Yeah. That's yeah, the that's bit true. which is a massive problem because mm. no one knows what they're doing. Yeah, I don't know how they... they rush to the, you know, you can rush three steps forward when you're already like 25 meters back from the stage, but you don't know you're killing someone like 20 meters in front of you. That's where mm. it's a massive issue. Yeah, yeah, I know. I don't know how, how that can really be solved. I mean, obviously the, the, the resolution is, you know, going overboard, just seated concerts or whatever. Um, but it's, it's, it's a strange so, one. Yeah. I don't know. Yep. I've got no other news. I mean, I was uh, going to do some, um, going to see if I could find some of that metal by numbers <clears throat> that I was talking about with Ed Von Sell. And basically what he does is he, he finds, where the fuck is it? Is basically tracking the sales week by week. <laughs> and I find that quite interesting. Um, but now I'll give it a rest. I won't bother doing that shit. No. But, um, well, uh, yeah, I think you're more interested in that side of things than, than I am. Um, yeah, yeah. It's just good to see, like, like ACDC had a new album out at the end of last year. Watching that trickle down was quite interesting. <laughs> and then, obviously, correlating with that, you'd see a load of articles like, oh, Angus Young said Back in Black took him by surprise. It's like, for fuck's sake, would this be here if they didn't lose 5% of the sales last week? That's you know, mm. what goes on in my head anyway. Um, well, maybe that's related to the, the new jewelry line. Ugh, I can't even pronounce that. <laughs> uh, um, what was I going to say? Uh, yeah, I was, actually, I was going to ask you if you'd listen to that Polaris album again. Not again, no, no, not since I listened listened to it last week. So it didn't it didn't really have a impact on you then. Well, nice. We well, last week was a very very fucking busy week, wasn't it? So I, mm. I had no time to do anything, frankly. Uh, I do have it on my. Um, saved on my Spotify with an intention to return to it. But mm. no, it's, I've, I've, this week I've got to catch up on editing. I've got to get some, a lot of shit out and schedule some new interviews. So it's like, it's a bit of a fucking clusterfuck in terms of trying to find new music. Mm. <clears throat> um, it really is. It's kind of a, not annoying me yet. It's not burning me out yet, but it's, it is like something that's absent from my life, which is annoying me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you need, you need to try and, take whatever break you can before part two because that's obviously going to be a killer as well so let's get it's that off your mind for a while it's going to be fucking insane it's going to be absolutely insane well the thing is though there's going to be more on the cutting room floor but it needs to be rolled up into the book appropriately hmm. so I, I would yeah just throw it all in a pile sort of thing and, and worry about worry about you know that that like getting it all sorted out for the book later rather than trying to you know categorize it all now I mean, I don't know. It, it, that will be a pain in the ass in and of itself. You're just fucking your future self over, really, by doing that. But you've already got mm-hmm. a lot on your hands with the episode. So, yeah, yeah, we'll see what happens. Like, I, I've got, I've got a structure. I've got like a plan of structure of which I'm going to approach it. It's just I need to get my head above water in terms of the stuff I didn't do the last couple of weeks, or maybe three or four weeks, while I was churning out that that episode. So. Which one person mm. fucking downvoted? Bastard. I'm gonna have to have a look at that. I don't know if I believe you. That's um of the five of the five people that have liked or disliked it, it's it's the one dislike. Twenty percent of people hate that video, it turns out. I am uh, intrigued as to who that is, because it's probably someone that you know. I I yeah, I, I don't actually give a shit. I just thought it was quite funny. Especially when the great cat one <laughs> it still has like a hundred percent likes. <laughs> Not that the great cat one is bad, but it's like, well, between the two, who are you gonna have more beef with? <laughs> oh, I didn't realise you'd actually got um so much sort of interaction with the great cat vid. I, I hadn't revisited it since I watched it, you know, the comment section. Yeah, it's five hundred and forty eight views. If I yes. get if I get a hundred subs, I'm quitting. It's too much. I'm 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 on over well I mean subs don't mean anything almost like I'm on over a thousand subs on on YouTube but oh, yeah. you know I can upload a video that is still quite a pretty popular band and it'll, over after a year it'll still only have like a hundred views a hundred yeah wow it's, uh, it's a weird one um some some things just blow up um, for no discernible reason I mean I did a cover of um. Black Flame by Barry Tavaro when that came out a couple of years ago. I, I covered the solo first of all because that's t- 
that tends to be what I learn most of the time anyway. And songs, yeah. I don't really like learn the riffs, just learn the solos. Um, so I figured that out and posted it. And that was really popular uh, to begin with. And then I thought, oh, well, whatever, it's, the rest is not that difficult. I'll just figure out the rest as well. And I covered that and that. Um, not sure, but that really like got popular. And it mm. somehow, for some reason, it killed the popularity of the solo video. It, really strange. Right, okay. Uh, Baritamar actually did a like contest where I mean all the videos are still on YouTube um, mm. where they got all their fans to like cover it cover all the different instruments and, and post them and send them to their um, social media pages with the idea that being that they would um, you know watch them and review them and then decide like the best ones or the ones they like the most and invite them to London to record like a fan's cover of the song oh, with cool. them you know watching it and stuff um, and it was it really pissed me off because um I, I I didn't I wasn't really that interested in doing that. Um, I guess I could have, uh, but then maybe that would have like required me to re recover the song because it had been like a year since that, I covered that song and I could right. really be bothered doing that again. Uh, and also there's like a tapping part at the start which I couldn't be bothered figuring out. So mm-hmm. I just played the rhythm for that bit. So I'm like playing all the lead and then I so I'd have to cover that and it's quite kind of difficult. Anyway, it would have required effort. That's the that's the long short of it. Um, but it pissed me off because, like in the bridge, you kind of hear these vague sounds, which some of them might be like the lead guitar, some of them might be God knows what. Mm. Um, so I sort of ran with it and just tabbed what I thought I was hearing and played it. Played like a sort of overcomplicated version of whatever the lead guitar was actually playing because it gets so drowned out. Um, and so I posted that. You know, I was one of the first to cover it and I posted that with my random little bridge riff thing and posted tabs as well. And then I was watching their review videos and some guy had like clearly used my tab to learn the song and he was playing that bit of the bridge. <laughs> and the guitar player was like, oh, wow, he's, he's, he's making his own stuff up here. I like it. It's, it's, not, it's not what I play, but I like it. And I'm like, fuck you. <laughs> That's my fucking bridge that he's playing. Um, and he's from Barnsley as well, that guy, the uh, the guitar player. Um, Do you know him? No, um, he's he from Barnsley. Well, I was sort of well when it when when the original guitarist first left, um, I was sort of like keeping up with that. Like I, I saw him live like almost immediately, and they had this guy from Barnsley from some other like really obscure British band. Oh, you mean I the guess... guitarist from Barnsley? I thought you meant the guy that nicked your tab. Oh no! Oh no! Well, he was he was from he was from somewhere in England. But probably not for Barnsley. Uh, no, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't like look at where he lived and shit. I wasn't sending him like hate mail or something. That's my fucking <laughs> roof. Um, but yeah, when I mean, I saw them live soon after the original guitarist had left, and like met the drummer afterwards. And I was like, if you need a new guitarist, look me up. YouTube.com slash Final Cut. Uh, and he would just look like fucking bewildered by it, and I just sort of left. I left it at that. Um, but they kept that guy, so. Um, he obviously can he's a good guitarist, but he can't write interesting riffs to save his life. So, uh, but people, but they're more popular than ever. Buried tomorrow, so it's it's weird. Like they're playing a real, they've just mm. moved onto this really generic brand of, as you know, of metalcore, where it's like there's no respite throughout like the entire album. It's just straight up like tough guy, three minute hard hitting metalcore yeah. tracks. Yeah, and it's yeah. like really hard to digest, um, and you know, it's uh, I've been listening to a few like metalcore albums this year and there's a few like that and it's just, I mean, i've listened to them for four or five times but it's like mm. it's just an endurance test trying to get through some of them because <laughs> like there's no like all the buried tomorrow there's some variety there's like acoustic tracks there's like softer tracks there was tracks that had a like, like the albums were like a self-contained kind of th- thing of it in and yeah 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 and then the new the new things the new stuff's just like every song is i don't know to get the pit going or something um, yeah. it's just sort of I don't know somehow they're more, more popular than ever though so it's kind of weird um, but I, I mean my Black Flame cover song got up to it got up to 17 and a half thousand views and stopped cool. at that I mean that was that was a it got up to that like pretty soon and then it just simply dropped off because I, I guess because the original guitarist finally did a guitar play for a video of it and that's stolen the views off me <laughs> I did a um, when I was like when I was like 17 I got really shit faced one night and I did a 
um fuck what how would i call it i did a music video for lineage skin and simple man and right. it was literally just the song simple man but i cut like just a load of like 20th century um like kennedy assassination nuclear bomb tests all that sort of shit uh <laughs> it got like ninety thousand views and a lot of guys like this is fucking brilliant blah blah bet, blah well, blah yeah that's but, youtube um, back in the day that you could have heard anything and it'll get just a shitload of views like yeah. unexplained it was weird like it just doesn't happen these days it's like the algorithm is just bringing the common man down well this is my thing right the only reason these things are on youtube is because um raw didn't want me to put them on pornhub i wanted the entire podcast to go on pornhub right because i just seemed like a bit of a laugh and no one's going to watch it anyway like it's mm. i it, it because the rabbit holes we go down are so specific and they're so stupid that only people, well, first of all, the only people who would be concerned with this kind of stuff is are adults. Mm. Therefore, they're the only people we want to interface with. Plus, mm. every sort of three months, you hear like a massive controversy about how YouTube fucks with the algorithm and fucks with creators and things like that. And it's like, well, I have no plans to monetize any of this anyway. And it just seems like a moving goalpost. So let's just put it on Pornhub. And then Raw was like, oh, no, I don't want to get sacked. So I was like, oh, no. So 17,000 views to 17 views on my channel. I don't give a shit. It's fine. Yeah. I'm just looking at some of my pop, most popular videos. Um, bittersweet in it. Bittersweet kind of uh, vision here. I mean, like, it was just weird how things could blow up back then. It just it would just never happen now. I guess if I chose to, like, sell out in a way and just upload something that had just come out and it was, like, a really popular band, I probably could kind of get it to go viral or whatever but i've just never been interested in that even though like even though it does like it is like satisfying to see the numbers go up it's like it's not something i want to chase um my most populous uh video has got one hundred and fifty thousand views that's an acoustic cover of an of mice and men song do you do you monetize your videos then uh no i mean the thing is to get like um flagged for copyright a lot like even randomly like sometimes there will be my guitar laid over the original song and sometimes mm. it'll be like acoustic covers um in which case you know it's got like no relation really to the original track so it's not going to be flagged but um i don't know i've had some weird copyright flags sometimes where i've covered i covered a buried tomorrow song acoustically and you know it's just got no relation to the original track in terms of you know the sound anyway yeah and i don't know i got flagged for being another song entirely and like i can't really dispute it it's really strange um so i'm just like well whatever it's it's still up so i'll just leave it but yeah um i don't know it's oh, that's strange. why all the blessed stuff is just purely original music so everyone can fuck off yeah but even then you've got there's a danger of it being flagged for no reason just connected to some completely unrelated song like i say uh, if it does happen i'll move it all to porn up that'll be the, the straw that Brace the camel's back. Yeah. I am totally up for this just being hosted on Pornhub. I have, I don't like <laughs> I don't like YouTube. I don't like being complicit in like this weird sort of like goalpost shifting weird dystopia that they propagate. Just put me on Pornhub. I want to bring my audience one step closer to Gianna Michaels. <laughs> well, I can't say I'm massively enthusiastic about that idea, but uh, <laughs> I, I just feel like people with dicks in hand i can get pissed off about seeing a random unrelated video in the uh in the feed but <laughs> dutch um dutch media mogul fucks <laughs> oh god <laughs> yeah that's that's how i'd um put it forward anyway <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna move on to a section that we um recorded last week about apple knockers flop house yeah, which is not related to Pornhub, but it does sound like it could be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and there's the problem with this is as since the um the video came out last week, more tedious revelations have come to light, which uh, aren't disclosed here, but will just have to be disclosed at another time. Because oh my god, does this rabbit hole go deep? Right. Yeah. Well, we'll see. I don't know if I can bring myself to talk about it anymore but <laughs> <laughs> right okay i'm gonna i'm gonna sign off now and uh we'll leave you with apple knockers flop house and i'll put the song that we recorded right at the end sweet everyone's enjoyment and cringiness
So I'll, I'll see you later. Right. See you later. Good talking to you. Right. Okay. Apple knock swap house. So, right, Tom, I'm going to, we're going to try and do this chronologically. So you will, obviously you, you saw the documentary. Did I? Yeah. Well, so, your documentary. Yeah. So not the documentary name to Clockle Flockers, not Nop. So whatever you oh. said. <laughs> so near the start of that documentary, we talk about, I'm trying to establish cases to case Wessel's backstory. Because he's not a real person, he's a character, so he needs a backstory. It's a one of these one of these particular anecdotes I've got. The earliest one of the earliest ones I've got is he used to be the product manager or like the A and R guy for a band called Kubi and the Blizzards, right? And they had an album out called Flop, uh, Apple Knockers Flophouse. Right. It's a real it's a real album. It's a real thing. So what Case decided to do was get the band in a barn in a, like a, a backwater Dutch farm town mm. right invite all the farmers for a piss up no, is and, this the one in, in the documentary with the to get the album art of the, the farmers correct. and the stripper yeah, so right get, yeah yeah so they invite a stripper in mm. um and they're just filming it and they're taking pictures and it's all going to form the, the the album art right yeah and uh the mayor gets up in arms and goes right no 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 because all the farmers wake up and then realize oh shit i've been photographed with a stripper <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and, and yeah. <clears throat> so that has stopped, and now, then you see the album cover is just two pissed members of Kubi and the Blizzards, right? Mm-hmm. That's for a time. That was the end of it. That was it. So and then we discovered it. Yes, yeah, so that was always part of the documentary. That was always an anecdote. It was established to me that case sort of he has like a flair for some theatrics. He knows how to push um, certain buttons to sell records. Blah 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 blah. And then I decided for the documentary, it might be a laugh to do a cover of Apple Knocker's Flophouse because it's a fairly simple song. So I asked Shab and Shab goes, yeah, no worries. Let me listen to it. And within 20 minutes, he comes back and goes, this is intolerable. I hate it. <laughs> well, let's do it anyway. Well, let's do it anyway. It should be a laugh. So now this is where my mind gets foggy because... It basically, what we've ended up doing is we were just sat there sort of taking the piss and having a laugh with it because it's a very simple song. It's, it's a Dutch band. No one's really ever heard of it. It's from 69. It kind of lives in a weird, obscure place. But I think we've just accidentally touched upon effectively like modern folklore. Right. So does that sound about fair, Shaf? Uh, well, this is news to me as well, but go on. No, it's not at all. <laughs> like, you saw, like, it, it turns out, right, the... I think it's like either every year or every so often. Um, uh, yeah, the, entire, yeah, yeah. The, the entire community goes down to this this barn where this happened, and has yeah, like a, a piss sort of, of modern cultural phenomenon in a like really obscure town in the Netherlands, and like it's got some really like unexplainable amount of fame and like reverence to it. I don't know because of this like, thing that went down such, there. Even though it's such a sort of like generic. Uh, like mid to late 60s rock song by like a completely like blues band by the way like the most generic blues band you'll ever hear who just randomly decided to try their hand with rock for a certain period of time in their career and right and it's got really sort of uh esoteric in-joke lyrics about an apple knockers flock flop house uh which probably no one in netherlands knows what the fuck that is but then they all go to celebrate it every year as well for some reason and uh it's just a rabbit hole of well it's a bit like watching uh the color of space really <laughs> yeah it just all explodes for no reason at the end <laughs> but all like the footage and the pictures from this from this event or like kept in the dark kept secret to protect the innocent and then it just turns out they're on display in a museum in amsterdam yeah it's I, like I, it's I, culturally I, I, relevant enough to be like in a pretty like prolific museum there's just some pictures of like a like a forty year old stripper. Well, what I'm not sure about is if that museum is actually the flop house that's been covered. It's not. No, it's no, not. no. Oh, sorry. No, there's two museums. There's it, the oh, Cuban right. and the Blizzards Museum. Yeah. Which. <laughs> and then there's like an actual like media museum in Amsterdam. Right. Yeah. The one. Yeah. The one with the with the pictures that the yeah, yeah. photographer's wife. The thing, the thing I fucking love about this entire thing is you've somehow got like <laughs> you've got Flop House 
linked into every like location that this story takes place in. So like, it was just a barn full of farmers getting shit faced, and you're like, it was like the flop house. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, the flop house has got to exist somewhere. I'm sure. I'm sure that Cohen... <laughs> is that the flop house, and who was Apple Knockers? <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure, like that Kobe and the Blizzards museum is the fucking flop. It's it's the singer's house, though. I think that they converted into the museum. And um, something tells me he never moved out of that fucking shed that he called the Apple Knockers Flop House. <laughs> so, is it worth explaining what a fl- an Apple Knockers Flop House is to Tom? And, and, it, and it does look like... Well, I think it's worth explaining it in general. Um, basically, well, what, what I initially... I mean, I uh, tried desperately to find out what it was. I found a few definitions of like Apple Knockers being, like I don't know, American colloquialism for seasonal apple pickers uh, so you know the youngsters that go off into the meadows in the summer to pick apples for, yeah. for a sort of summer job um and then the, the flop house uh is essentially what the this guy from kobe and the blizzards has given uh the title is given to this uh sort of a temporary accommodation for these people that go to the farm in the summer to pick apples basically um right yeah yeah so so you've obviously picking fruit's a seasonal thing you don't have staff all year around for picking fruit and on yeah. your in your on your orchard on your fruit farm there's obviously mm-hmm. somewhere for these people to live which is the right. apple mockers flop house right yeah <laughs> which 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 is not necessarily like you know the official term for it but it's the term that he's somehow come up with on the actual um wikipedia article i believe either for this for the album or for the band on the dutch version of it it oh, says wait, can we that... stop here by the way because i was happy just knowing that case did this thing that was it for me but every like three days shab would send me a link <laughs> <laughs> like oh yeah i found out this thing about apple knockers flop house i go yeah, just i've just been reading the this Dutch article. Uh, I've, just been, I've just been picking some apples <laughs> and they won't let me in the flop house. <laughs> so, I mean, according to the Dutch Wikipedia article, not the English one, because I don't, I don't think that even exists, but um, it's a, it's, it's a, actually a kind of bumpkin. I don't know what that means, but uh, continuing, flop house means something like a cheap overnight, overnight stay. The title Apple Knockers Flop House is a literal translation of the farm in the Drenth village of Grulo, where Harry Muskie lived and the band members regularly stayed. Um, so you, you see already the premise of this song being like just a, like a weird in-joke basically where the, the main singer is just living in this fucking shit hole shed that the farmer decided to rent out for him. And he's, basically the song is just sort of speaking to a girl that is there met, you know, during a piss up in the local Dutch town and he's just saying, right, I live in this uh, shed, right, and I've got a couple of uh, bottles of cider with your name on it, so if you want to come, I'll show you I'll show you a good time, and if not, then you can jog on, basically, is what he's saying. Uh, and it's just such a... And he, but he delivers it so, like, seriously, and then the, the music video, he, he, he delivers it... Well, he's just looking at the ground the whole time and delivering it really seriously, but it's such a sort of weird in-joke premise that I couldn't help but continue to read Dutch articles about. (laughs) (laughs) This all just came from, again, there's like one anecdote in someone else's career, but like I say, it's gone from that to just going down this really fucking tedious rabbit hole about this one song and it just turns out it has its own little, it has its own weird cultural cultural ecosphere around it. Yeah, I mean, it's gone from that to basically looking for, flat, you know, plane tickets to Amsterdam to yeah. visit the fucking flop house yeah. and get pissed in it yeah. and trash it. <laughs> Although, <laughs> I shouldn't say that. We're not definitely not trashing it. But I have to say it again, though, Shab, the flop house isn't the same barn as the where the event took place. That's not a flop house. Yeah, the, 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 you mean where all the farmers got pissed and the Correct. strippers get... Right. Flop, yeah, a flop house is, it'll be a a shitty property on a farm for yeah, temporary well, staff to live in. Well, I know I know that, but I mean, if you look at the background of those pictures, it does look like a shitty wooden barn. So, you know... It's I just want to manage expectations. If, if, I'm, if we spend money on Amsterdam <laughs> tickets now that lockdown's like got ended in sight, I don't want to think that when we walk into a pub that you're going to look around and go, is this the flop house? 
Well, well, you know I am. So. Is, that apple, is that my man the bar apple knockers? <laughs> and that's, I don't know if there's anything else to go on about. I mean, well, I thought, well uh, what, there's like some fucking tribute. Well, there's loads to, of covers it. of it. Loads there's, of covers of it. Covers, well, I wasn't even talking about the covers. I was talking about that like poignant tribute to the lead singer after he passed away where they've like written the lyrics on the road. But again, the lyrics are like about him trying to invite a girl to his fucking shithole shed that he's got some cider in. So it's, <laughs> his apple it's, so, it's, you know, it's fucking weird. It's a weird tribute to make. <laughs> it's a weird thing to evangelize. Yeah. But at the same time though, it kind of puts, cause we recorded our cover of it. sort of t- tongue in cheek because we thought this is just like a, a weird old relic of a bygone era. You know mm. what I mean? And then actually it's, it's, it's a, it's a thing that's quite close to a lot of people. So I kind of feel disingenuous about it a little bit, but at the same time, I find that more funny because of it. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it is what it is really. Uh, we'll be, you know, celebrating it in our own way uh, come summer, hopefully. So, you know, you can't say we've disrespected it. We've uh, Our cover is probably the best fucking cover out of anything we've seen on YouTube. So, Fair enough. And I had to smash out the vocals in one go just because it was getting late and there was neighbours on the other side of the wall. So I was like, right, okay, I've just got to fucking... Just, just got to get this blanket off my head and uh, just belt this song out. <laughs> uh, by, by the way, I was going to ask you, the uh, you didn't re-record the solo. That is my solo in the final product, isn't it? It is um, the last sort of like two or three bars before that boop, 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 boop. That's yeah. me. Yeah, well, I was there, yeah, because I didn't record anything for that, but you know, I just sort of like stopped recording and thought, that'll do. And now I thought, oh shit, there's another like two bars to this. Yeah. And I couldn't think of anything to do. But no, I was just, uh, I was just impressed with myself. I think Second it's, take. it's in, in, the, in the, the dock, it's the last thing that you hear, um, the last sort of musical cue that you hear. It's under like all the other stories that people are telling, but to the trained ear, that's who it's for. That's who I'm directing it at. I yeah, I mean, good, it's, just, it's just. I mean, I don't. I don't know. Any, I don't know a lot about the days of analog recording on tape and everything. But also the quality of like the performance on the recording of that song like leaves quite a lot to desire. Like the solo is so fucking sloppy. Like yeah. he, he he totally hits some fucking dud notes in that solo. And I got it. I got it. I got it. Pretty sharp on my second take, not finally. Yeah, I, you, you know, you, you I, don't, I hate to, to pat myself on the back. House, do you? <laughs> well, was the guitarist living in the flophouse? I don't know. <laughs> Were they all living in the flophouse? Were they spending most of the time picking apples? <laughs> no, it was probably out of season when they wrote that. It was just like sort of a bittersweet reminiscing. God knows. <sighs> but yeah, I think you need to hear for Apple Knockers Flophouse to. Again, similar experience to Shab having with Colour of Space. I really don't think I want to. It's not really sold <laughs> it to me. I don't know. Well, yeah, but me watching that film is like a two-hour fucking commitment. And for you, it's a... I know it'll be the sky for the rest of your life, but it's a two-minute commitment, so... Mm. <laughs> anyway, I thought it'd be good. Put it in the dock. <laughs> I've made sure that it's cited correctly as a, just a cover of a song that already exists, and it's not an original like the rest of it. And hopefully, Kubi and the Blizzards won't come from you know beyond the grave to sue me. Uh, well, hopefully they do. Uh, we can get another a new a new twenty twenty one version of the song from them. Uh, <laughs> Tom, did you notice the, the picture at the end of the documentary? By the I way, I did. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't going to uh, mention it, but I didn't notice it. Yeah. I'm very happy now it's done. Very happy. Yeah. Still more to come though, isn't there? So. There's two more chapters um, that are going to be much worse, much worse to, to, to do. There's a lot more to cover. A lot more. Yeah, there's a lot more to cover, but uh, yeah. given the fact that you're not trying to provide a lot of context to stuff, I feel like it could, could be easier on you, at least the narration aspect of it. I think so. I think um, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to force myself into, picking a lane a bit more because there's so much i mean i was thinking of like doing each diff there's like the new york office and the amsterdam office and then the uk office they're kind of the central three 
But I was thinking, what if I just dedicated many, many episodes to the German office, the Japan office, the Australia office, and then maybe even the UK one as well, just in its sort of own right. And then that'll, that'll, that'll clear up a lot of mugginess. Well, it depends. I, I mean, I, I don't know. I'm not privy to all the details myself, but... No, I'm, much... this is it. Yeah, it's my own tedious fucking stupid shit. Hmm. Yeah, I'm not going to disagree with that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't know to what extent it it's worth going into the details of like the Japanese fucking branch of... Oh, no, no. I, I went on with, about it with Brian Slagle about the Japanese market because I was like, I don't think it, it worked for Roadrunner. Did it work for you? And he was like, nah, and these are the reasons. And we went into it. It was fucking brilliant. Um, but I'm definitely going to try and dig up as much as I can about the Japanese metal market. Hmm. Because apparently it's just so it's so difficult to break. It's not anything like the rest of the world in terms of like trying to push metal. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I've, I don't have that much exposure to the Japanese, but I mean, they they get a lot of nice guitars. That's all I know. For some mm-hmm. reason, like a lot of the really nice American made guitars just get shipped well, to Japan immediately. That's another. That's another thing, right? So the Japanese metal market, they tend to buy the the guitar virtuosos. Hmm. That's like the, their main sort of album sales. That's where you're going to make more money. It's like stuff like that. It's just a weird market. What are you talking about? Like Steve Vai being a, Yeah, a shit like that. Or... Like Mike Friedman mm. and, and Joe Bonamassa. That, they'll sell really well in Japan. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. And then, and then uh, I guess Periphery are kind of big in Japan as well. I mean, mm. they've toured there a few times. You, know, you don't usually tour there if you're not it's a bit out of the way, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's usually a special visit. Yeah, anyway, that's that's it about Apple Knockers Flop House. For now. I feel, I feel Tom, informed. Do you have any yeah. questions? No, not not none at all, really. Well they'll, they'll all be answered during the travel blog, so uh doesn't uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm definitely up for that by the way, now that we know when lockdown's gonna end, or at least there's a, a target date. Well, do we need to get our vaccination passports? Or whatever they are. I don't know what it is. I, I, I foresee a September visit to Amsterdam. All right. Well, we'll have to see what the, the COVID situation is in uh, Amsterdam as well, I suppose. Yep. Yep. And I know where all the road runner offices were, so I'll happily go and visit those. Get my Apple knocker flop house on. Yeah. And uh, hopefully return with all our limbs. Who knows? Apple knockers flop house. <laughs> oh, I don't want to listen to it. No, nope. deliver. <laughs> <laughs> I just completely slackened like my entire jaw when singing that song to try and give it, try and mimic the singer a little bit. It, but again, it just comes off as disingenuous. I still remember it. It's not is, is, is that picking it up? Oh, yeah. Well, I think you've got all the parts you need to hear now, Tom, so it's too late. I'll put it on. I'll put it on for the end of this podcast. Yeah. What, the, co- co- the cover or the original? The cover. I don't think I'll be legally uh, permitted to do the original. Fair dues. Yeah. I think we I think we performed the cover half a step down as well, so I think. Great. <laughs> It's been a pleasure. Well, I'm, I'm just, I, yeah, I'm just saying, you know, what it might not, uh, you know, be flagged for copyright that in that case. So. Oh yeah, that's point. That's point. All right, okay. Let's call. Let's call this nightmare of. Um, let's just call it. Fucking, we're done. Goodbye. That is. Cracking. Right. You nice to it. speak to you.
girl and find your own way You don't know what you're about to 